0: We are back for another week in the hole. Um, I'm Victor. <laughs> I'm Nick. And this and is a mega shame. Yeah, it really is. Um, I apologize <laughs> if y'all hear a bunch of helicopters in the background. That's just what it is right now. So plus, I'm in LA, so I'm going to hear this all day. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you up in that military-ass state? Well, honestly, <laughs> we're in a military-ass
0: country, so really, well, we really are. Wow, we really are. Nick, how are you doing? <sighs> um, I don't, I don't
1: really know how to even answer that. Um, part of me is like, oh, I'm all right, I'm safe, but a part of me is like, no, I'm not all right. Um, and it's just like all of these things going together at, coming together at once. And it's like, what next is the bullshit that we're going to have to deal with? You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a fucking lot. Truly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: How are you doing?
0: you know i'm you know me i'm always trying to you know be helpful Hair up and get out of this mess i'm ready to you know get back to some normal life i'm ready for you know seeing people again you know going out to eat those little things i mean it's not really a big thing i mean you know but but it will help i'm ready to you know, just be out in the streets getting some, and not to worry about well, you have to worry about other things, well, you know, but you know, not worrying about this and that, and not wearing these damn masks anymore
1: We're we gonna have to be wearing the mask until at least
0: next year. Um,
1: or at least I
0: am yeah <laughs> why you are, why are you going to keep wearing it?
1: Because people are nasty.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, it's fucking nasty. Disgusting.
0: Yeah, this has also been kind of, you know, interesting to see how people just been doing stuff. Um, when you you, you you go to the store, and people who are actually taking it seriously versus not taking it seriously. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a lot of little things just paying attention to. So, it's really something else.
1: All right, so... Yeah. And we really, guys, we really don't have, like, much to talk about. It's just, we wanted to catch up with each other to see how we were doing mentally as far as these protests that are concerned. Uh, Are we keep being safe? Are we walking and marching? How are we basically just surviving? The fact that we have to deal with belief brutality on top of this damn pandemic. So this is more just a, a check-in with you all and ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Nick, have you been marching? I was gonna let you start. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, well, you all know that my mental health was already not great when I came home. Well, when I was forced to come home. And then, on top of losing my job and being inside the house with this virus, I was kind of shutting myself off to a lot of people. And like, even so much doing the podcast, it was just, I don't want to, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, the only thing I wanted to do was basically sit in front of the couch, get drunk, get high, and play video games and watch cartoons. I mean, I still do that, but now on top of these murders that are happening again and again and again and again, it's just like, I. it's so much To deal with that, it seems like it's almost impossible. I had my my uh therapist that I had to drop because I lost uh, health coverage. He was like, "Oh, I can do like a free session with you," um, because he had sent me an email saying, "Oh, I was thinking about you," uh, because of what was going on. I was like, "Well, yeah, I could definitely use a free." A session, um, and I don't, I don't know if I can put into words how I feel about it because it just seems, oh, of course we would have to deal with this on top of all the other bullshit Because we're dealing with so much shit as it is anyway, you know. Yeah. It's just. It's a lot and sometimes like it feels different. You know, usually when we have these Black Lives Matter rumblings, they'll stay here for like a couple of days and then all of a sudden they'll disappear. But it feels like there's more of a desire for actual change to be made You know, I think people are just fucking fed up Mm -hmm. with everything, fed up about how their government has been lying to them repeatedly, whether it be about police brutality or them fucking up. Did you hear them fucking up on the job numbers, how they had claimed more than what was actually created?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Lord. And they put those they, and I love that they really put those the real numbers out there quick about, even broke it down by race. Yeah,
1: they should have. So you're lying about that. You're lying about the, your response to this pandemic. And a lot of, I feel like if the government was doing what they were supposed to or at the very least, gave a damn about us, then a lot more people would have their jobs. Yeah. That's true. (sighs) But how are you doing?
0: You know, again, just... holding holding the fort, but also going out, you know, being a part of the protest, Seeing a lot of people out there, you know, it's a mix of all people. I mean, it is California, but it's a mix of all people out there. Um, Seeing the city really come out, like I haven't really seen this and I've been a part of Prop 8 and Trayvon Martin, other marches that we've had here in Los Angeles. Um, Even when we would march for black trans women, it has been very interesting to see how this has really got everybody out like there's always something happening whether it's downtown la now it's happening here in north hollywood um and then to so even have it happen in white ass studio city which is the whitest richest part of town um that is it's fascinating to see people really come together um about this so it gives it gives me some hope but i'm but again i'm in california so it's not like a huge shock that people will be doing this type of stuff but at the same time you know it's it's a reality that we need to know um that we need to be aware of that this is it's been happening this is not new um right um it is it's just kind of sad that this is what we're dealing with right now and it's also really disheartening that uh we are you know, we are nowhere near a solution. Um, and everybody is really kind of just fed up to a point. It's like, we don't want it. We want action. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you can't deliver this action, then what are you really doing for us? You know, and, right. and I'm just like, you know, of course I want change. I want, all these things too but it's going to take the work and i, I want to make sure that people are ready for that work um and, and and understand what that work take it it takes a lot of time and detail so i just want people to hold on and just keep in mind of that um but you know i don't want people to lose hope at the same time
1: yeah i i know like here in Kentucky. Sure, the big protests have been in Lexington and Louisville, but they've had protests in Richmond, they've had protests in Hazard and Frankfurt. Um, A lot of these eastern Kentucky cities, or I would say towns, a lot of these uh, eastern Kentucky towns have had all of these Black Lives Matter Protest, which is really hope. It is it, it, really hopeful, especially because to see all of these white people march. It's like, finally, somebody gets it. You know, we can't say you can't say all lives matter without Black lives matter, and yeah. you can't say Black lives matter without all Black lives matter. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of you. A lot of you have, uh are the same ones that would say Black Lives Matter, but then also say some exclusions may apply. And it's just... Uh, it's frustrating.
0: Yeah.
1: Very frustrating.
0: It is. What's also been... You know, I've been thinking about just all the things that's been happening. When I think about like the fact that it took so many days to get, first it, when, it, when I think of George Floyd, it took all those days to get just the first person um, and then to get all of them. But we're still not at a murder charge. We we're, We had a second degree murder for all of them at this point, I think. But I'm like, why can't, that was murder. <laughs> I mean, I know they have to, you know, be careful how they do these things. But it was flat-out murder. It We all saw it, if you watched it. Um, uh-huh. and, you know, it's like, let's just keep it for what it is. But the fact that it took so long to get people to call it out is fascinating to me. Um, but also, just looking at how people are responding to it and responding to... Uh, the you know the whole bringing back Blue Lives Matter bringing all that other stuff. Um, we you you probably saw when they back in Buffalo where my mom is uh, when they pushed that old man down. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. I know exactly where that was uh, when they pushed that man down. Fucking damn they killed him.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so And then
1: one of them tried to help him.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he got squatted off by the other ones. But then how you resign your position in favor for those two cops, but yet the video clearly states that they assaulted that man. Yeah. Like, okay. That doesn't even make sense to me. You would do that like at all, no kind of kind of concept to me makes that make sense.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we all saw that. And then I guess what really got me was the fact that, number one, it was like 57 of these folks resigned in protest of that, of, of those men being held accountable. These guys, they were just suspended. They weren't even fired yet. Then- Right. The, and when they, after their, their hearing or whatever they had to go through, they were up there cheering them. And I'm like, y'all, mm-hmm. this man almost died. And yet y'all doing this. But it also reminded me that, again, this was a white man. The fact that that was a white man and that's the response, you already know what the response is about us. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, wow, it's fascinating to me because I, you know, it's a, I know it's a fraternal order. Um, And I know they take that mess to ump degrees, but it's really hard not to. Somebody say we should empathize with them. I said, I really can't because all we've been seeing so far is how they react to this. They're not trying to be better about it. They're becoming worse about it where they, you know, people can Uh be, can be peacefully protesting and they're going to drive right up and spray all that pepper spray at them. Or they're gonna push somebody yep. going to provoke folks, which we've seen in a lot of videos of them provoking folks. Um, so how am I and you know, yeah, they stressed out I'm like I'm stressed out, but that isn't I don't go up into the damn store and start fighting white folks at the grocery store because I'm fed up. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a the job they took, this is the choice that they made. If they could not handle none of that mess. They should not take that job. I understand some people take it because it's great benefits and everything else, and they probably didn't go to school and they need something to, you know, stay, you know, stay in the game. But that's just because you stressed out does not give you the right to harass, fight, or even kill us. That's not an excuse. If you're stressed out, bitch, you need to take vacation day or you need to like find a new job or you need to go on down and work at Five Guys or something where all you got to do is slip a burger but you don't need to be out Mm -hmm. if you can't handle that stress some people can handle it and they've been doing it for twenty something years without any incidents but if this is what you're doing and I've been really thinking about the recruitment I I think I tweeted one day like who is the HR in this because I'm like the way HR be vetting us when we try to get jobs (laughs) Who's doing that? Right. We betting these folks? Because I'm like, the fact that we have exposed some of these folks, some of these cops as white Um, some even have the damn swastika stuff or the, the SS on their arm. I'm like, how do you even get this far in the job? And nobody noticed that. It's on your arm. You know, I'm just like, what's really going on? Mean,
1: I mean, if, you, if you've watched uh, Ava DuVernay's um, documentary thirteen, you would know the history of police forces here in America. Like originally, they were set to control and keep in line the black people back in the day. Mm-hmm. So for them to, that at their core, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes. You know, they just mutated. Just something that I mean even still legal today, yeah so it's and it's like it's everywhere, racism is everywhere in this country, it's in video games, it's in comics, it's in how we apply for loans at banks it's how we apply for credit cards it's in Broadway, it's in ballet, it's in, it's every fucking way. It's like, I, I said it online, it's like the Phalanx from X-Men. It's everywhere.
0: Yeah. It is. It's been, it is, it's so embedded in this country from the gate. And mm-hmm. it's so, of course, I mean, you see, it, you see it in ways that you wouldn't even imagine. Like, if you think about when the white folks are out there protesting to get their hair done or to, for stuff to open back up. To me, that was racism because it was like you're basically begging for kind of the more servant industry to open back up, to serve you, because that's white supremacy. You have been push in this world where you're used to being taken care of. You're used to you're used to being served to a point that you are out here protesting for them to put their lives back in danger so you can get your hair colored, so you can get, you know, you can get fed at the damn Ruby Tuesdays. Like, you're doing all of that, not thinking of what these people are putting their lives back into. But because of white supremacy, because you're so used to having people serve you in some form or fashion,
1: mm-hmm. That's
0: what you protest about. You don't protest about any in, injustice, but you're out here protesting in Huntington Beach and and, and Arizona and, and Indiana and Tennessee. You're doing all these things for that, and you don't really care. I mean, I, was, I saw like um someone had a poster saying that these you know these closures are similar to slavery, and I was like, okay, white woman. I, and another thing about that is, it's. If I didn't have issues with white women now, this is basically put that under my profile as Victor may have problems with white women because I've been seeing a lot of that too. White people in general. Like it's been really making me question so many things about where your head is at. You know, like why are y'all doing what y'all doing? Seeing a lot of these white women just really get out of pocket. Uh, I can't help Mm -hmm. but that Amy Cooper. I can't help but think about her because that right there—if you didn't know how this works, that right there was the basic racism for dummies. That was a one-on-one,
1: yeah, it basically racism for dummies. You said it.
0: Yes, that was the clip. That was the YouTube clip you needed to see because I, when I looked at it, he was just out there bird watching. Said, ma'am, you need to put your dog on a leash, that's the rule, which it is the rule, We you have that rule, in many parks, um, she goes off the deep end, but it was just the fact of listening to her saying, you know what I'm going to do, I am going to call the cops on you, I am going to do that right now, told him exactly what she's going to do and say, this is a big black man harassing me, the fact that she knew that she can turn to that, that, that um, narrative. And knew the power of that, and decided to do it anyway. And then had the audacity to get her best Susan Lucci um, skills together to act like she was being threatened right then and there, like Jason was after her.
1: Mm-hmm. And we noticed that they they did that same scene and get out. Yeah. So it's like life is imitating art at this time, at this point, and. You know it's I've always had issues with white women, even though i I can finesse my way with white women. Mm-hmm. I would rather not do it because it takes so much out of me um, but that whole oh, I'm gonna elevate my voice to-, to uh to portray that I'm in danger for the cops to get here, and God knows what they was gonna do with that black man if they if he wasn't recording you know thank God the biggest the most useful invention in this fight against racism are our phones because now our phones can record now our phones can go live automatically on social media to a whole group of audience so I say y'all keep recording and don't don't worry about how weird it feels. Record, record, record. And get these motherfuckers up out of here.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, Chris Cooper or, or Christian Cooper. He's the man who was, you know, the bird watcher He's also gay. And um, he's worked for Marvel. He's done a lot of geeky stuff that we are. We love the fact that again she did that. She did that knowing that that could have cost his life. And that to me, I felt like, no, Amy needs to, I feel like she needed to go to court because she was almost, I came. what's the term? Accomplice to murder. I don't know what the thing is, but I'm like, it, it, yeah. it wasn't a murder. It could have been. It could have been a situation where he could have been detained. He could have been handcuffed and he could have been shot because of her whiteness. That woman deserved to lose yeah, everything. of her negligence. Yeah. She deserved to lose everything she had because she basically decided to put his life in danger. And I want to say that to any of our white listeners, anybody, that the moment you decide to do something like that, you are deciding on that person's life. Not that they get to go into, the, you know, go into jail for an hour you are putting their lives in danger. You should know at this point that your distress call or whatever you want to call it is putting our lives in danger because you were questioned. You were asked to do something you were supposed to do. You was held accountable. So that means that because you were held accountable, that that means that cost my life. And that is a hard thing to deal with because you know so we've we've worked in customer service we've dealt with people who were quick to try to tell your supervisor or you because you couldn't give them exactly what they wanted that Mm -hmm. transfers over to our lives this is why i always feel like that we should be paid extra for doing customer service because that because we are we are put right there front line in so many racist situations at times and I just really find myself just, that story alone really bothers me. I mean, all the stories bother me, but that one right there, because I saw it, because you saw it go down, as if you saw it from step one to, mm-hmm. step, to step 100, how she was basically doing that and the comfort she had to do that. That feeling, that, uh, that, that, that weird non-self-awareness uh, the lack of self awareness, all that stuff that, that she felt that is my go to at the end of the day I can always go to that as a white woman, I can go to say that what this, this black man and brown men don't don 't take y'all out yourselves out of it too because there 's been some issues with Latinx next folks thinking they are exempt because you 're not they are try to get you out of this country yeah, that- they will they 've been trying to get you out of the country for a minute they 'll get you out alive dead or alive. So Latinx people, y'all need to also be in in mind that this ain't just about us. They got rid of Native Americans from the past. They've been trying to get y'all out of this country. What do you think they are gonna do at this point if they are feeling empowered and emboldened to do so? So don't want that to forget, and I bring that up because I don't know if you saw that video of that Latinx man in Texas with a chainsaw. Did you see that?
1: I... So I, I read the caption of it and then I'm like I was like, okay, I'm not gonna watch this because I know a lot of I know of a lot of Hispanic people that think that oh just because I'm a little lighter on the side, then I can pass as white or you know, that sort of my closeness to whiteness makes me absolved or protects me and shields me. Shields My Skin Color, you know, I, I
0: didn't watch it. Because
1: mm. I know it's going to be some bullshit.
0: Yeah, I watched it. Um, and I, like, it was like, sir, sir. I was like, a chainsaw, sir, in public like that? And to, he was up there, you know, calling us niggers and everything. I'm like, Sir. Let let the record show <laughs> that it once if it if after us, it's you. If not you mm-hmm. first, then us. Like it, I mean, you need to understand. I was like, sir, you need to understand what <laughs> the real truth about how you are perceived in this country. If you did not think see that when Trump came down those damn escalator and sit up there and talk about how he's gonna build that wall, if you didn't figure that out then.
1: It's. it's I, I just don't. I don't understand.
0: I, I don't either. I don't. The to be close to whiteness is a powerful drug. We all know that. Um, to uh-huh. like you can you can get along. And I'm like, no, because it's like you think you might get in the car with them, but they putting you in the trunk. They're not putting you anywhere near them. So it's really fascinating to kind of see how these folks to react, but also just. Oh, man. Uh, and then to see this administration. To see this administration, basically, I mean, if they, they've always showed us who they really are, but the fact that that's where they are, the fact that this this man is up here talking about how George Floyd would smile if he saw the job report, which I'm like, if I was the family, I would see. Why the
1: fuck did he have to do anything with the fucking job report?
0: Yeah. Number one. And that's a lie number two. <laughs> right. Like a fucking idiot. Yeah.
1: I, I just you know, it is so it is good that black people just want justice, just want to be treated equally and not revenge. Because if it was revenge, it would take a whole new turn and it would be ugly, even uglier out there.
0: Yeah. It's, oh, Lord, it's really fascinating. And then the fact that we have these um, unidentified police officers out there. Um, Some have been identified already as, you know, people who were in these militias and all that stuff too. That right there is going to be historic in the way of like how he had these folks out here in dc we don't know if they're a part of any fraternal police or anything we they, we don't know because there's no names to it the fact he had uh-huh. all of that stuff out there the fact that he even had that part of the you know the the protesters removed so he can do that silly video silly ass video of him Trying to be—I don't know—he's trying to be like he's trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, but no one bought that. That's what I'm saying. It was—it it was so weird. Like you put that out there, only for that to be a joke. It is looked at as a joke because you're not looked at as a respectable leader. Um, other countries are laughing at us. I'm like saying, how do we? How how do we get here within five years? Five years where we were at the pinnacle of what we could be. you know, I'll I'll take that down a little bit. Not the pinnacle, but we were getting to a very good place. And then Uh, this. (laughs) This. I
1: you know, it's people like to say, oh, Trump is the reason why all this is going on, you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, Trump and his shenanigans are like the apex of what happens when a country hasn't dealt with its race relations and its history of violent racial acts against multiple people. You know, we've said it, and it's written in history, like even when this country was founded. It was founded on the blood of the Native Americans, Mm -hmm. the indigenous people. And then, built up by the kidnapping of African people. So, like, this country has never dealt with its history with race. And even more recently, you know, when Obama got elected back in 08, you saw that swing to oh, this Tea Party movement. Oh, and we got to get back to smaller government. And you know, there's always this big, big issue with big government and yada yada yada. That was one of the main reasons you saw this this surge of white nationalism and Trump getting in office is just the fruits of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's sad when you think about it, because white people felt so threatened by a black president, they put this buffoon in office. And that tells you a lot about certain white people too, because they are willing, they cannot, they cannot help themselves. They cannot help themselves. They cannot say they, they give us their best because they didn't. They gave us
1: mm-hmm. their best
0: and that speaks a lot for them. It speaks a lot for these 53% white women who felt, which I would never get over that, the fact that white they had the most powerful white woman on earth <laughs> was right there, and these women could not put her in office, but they can put this buffoon, a man who has cheated on all his wives, a man who's been through a bunch of divorces, a man who has basically done women wrong and has been accused of over 20 sexual assaults with other women. These white women decided to vote for him. That told me a lot about white women. I was not Really, I wasn't really prepared for that, to be honest with you. Because I was like, damn, you would have thought the well, way y'all be talking about feminine, about feminism. You had the white queen herself, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, very accomplished white woman that a lot of white women will never, ever get to, never get to that level of accomplishments. And you said Trump. That will always be the pinnacle of whiteness and misogyny, I w- I guess, I don't know if it's misogyny, but that, that would be just, the, just a pinnacle of whiteness to me because the fact that y'all are willing, that's what you did. That is your message. You put somebody that incompetent in office. It made me look at white women to a point where I was like, that means y'all have always accept less for yourself. And maybe because I grew up with black, strong black women in my life, you know, the type of women who will mm-hmm. go, who will attack my childhood doctor for not giving me the, the proper bandages. You know, the type, you know, gra- the grandmothers we had, the gra- the, you know, the, the families we had would not stand for certain things. But I see now from these white women that y'all will accept less, not just for yourselves, but for your families. That, that just took me, it just takes me out. It takes me out.
1: Yeah, I I know how, like I said, I know how a white woman works. And I've seen it again and again in practice. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised anymore by any white person's actions nowadays. It's just, like, I, I knew those white women Back in 2016, we're going to uh, vote for Trump. I mean, why wouldn't they be? Because Trump is more attuned to providing or keeping that system of whiteness in power. You know, not to say that Hillary was going to champion for black people and do all these things and bring all this change, but still, you know, Trump told you how he was in the beginning, yet you still went with him. So, I mean, y'all know what it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's going to always just be, just, oh, this this is going to be just a horrible reminder of, we're going to have to literally burn this country down to start over, but also, it is the kids, you know, the kids are the future. And it's, I guess I work at a liberal arts college. So I see a lot of, you know, a lot of, of these, of these kids really understand racism, but also understand what needs to be done. I mean, sometimes they do need that guidance. you know. Lord help them. But they do understand that. I do like seeing white people out here trying to fight for injustice. And I do enjoy seeing the white kids be holding their white families accountable. I mean, there's been some videos where there was one of that girl's arguing with her parents about race and everything. And, you know, it's just, it's really great to see that, but I need to see them stick with it and not use it as just something to make them look great, but something they actually believe. Um, right. And again, I'm in California, so I always feel like I'm in this bubble because, you know, it, people are getting things and doing things. I mean, we have our Trump supporters. We, you know, this week, it's, it's funny, it's not, it's funny and not funny. There was this man who had a big Trump thing on his truck and they, he got his windows busted <laughs> He went to the bank, came back out, his window was busted up and someone slid his tire. And I was like, well, I don't mean no harm, sir, but you are in the arts district of North Hollywood. Yes, they gonna get you though. You know who live in this neighborhood, a bunch of hippies and, and all that so old hippies and, what do you expect? You know, so it's it's interesting to see there was an argument. A woman slapped this man at, uh, uh, in Trader Joe's because he had on a Trump hat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She slapped him and you know, nothing happened to her. She was an old white woman. Wow. <laughs> and, I, and I I wish I was there, but the, they was like, yeah, it happened. Because I just got there and it was like, oh, this just happened. I was like, oh, okay, well, is she all right? And they said, yeah, <laughs> the cops just told her to go home. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just really, it's its just sad that it takes all, it always takes our deaths. You know, like you think about, it, like, it takes, in in the films you see that, we have to die in order for something good to happen, you know. <laughs> or, um, I don't know why I'm using this, this is the recent movie I just saw, but, you know, if you ever saw Annabelle, that damn, Movie about that doll, and Alfred Wooder oh, had, no. had to had to die for just so they could save their family. I'm like, why does she have to die? You know, like she wasn't even part of the story really. But we always have to die for something to for a message to be told because we already know the hell. And Sandy Hook, they killed those poor white kids, and we still couldn't get gun control under wraps. It
1: it that t- was supposed to be be the, the, the change. Yeah, Sandy Hook was supposed to be the change. I was like, "Oh, y'all really don't give a shit about this motherfucking country no. if these little white kids can get shot up."
0: Yes, yeah, so white kids get shot up because you want to keep your little raggedy guns, which I, I, I still don't get that. I don't. I I grew up with guns and I don't understand the need for it. I'm like, I don't. I've lived this long. I've never had a, a need for a gun. My mama has a pistol. I can't
1: understand, uh, like, the need for a gun. Like, one, you know, like a 9mm in the house, something, like a small gun. Yeah. I don't need to be seeing, like, these fucking AR-15s or these AK-47s all up and through your house, and you're just an accountant down at Charles Schwab. And like, this, yeah. That, that, that's silly. Like the only people who should have those kind of guns is honestly the military, and even that's a stretch. Or a whole-ass old gun museum mm-hmm. should have those guns.
0: Yeah. Why does Why does Billy Bob has the, Why does he have these these guns? Why, what What is the point? What is mm-hmm. he needing these guns for? You don't need it to shoot a damn deer. They got guns.
1: Right. You going to get the shot shot up the deer.
0: Cause, uh, <laughs> it's the like- hunt- yeah, the point of you hunting deer is to eat it. So I'm like, you, you ain't going to riddle it up with bullets. I mean, I, I, I oh, Lord. it's just, I'll, I've asked somebody like, why do you have these guns? I, it was somebody in college had some guns like that. And I was like, why? Why do you have these guns? What are you preparing for? And are, do you think that's going, that's gonna, all it's going to take? You know what I mean? Like that's going to take you having this big ass gun It's going to save you? Because if these are skilled killers, they'll take you out before you can put your hands on the gun. You know, if you want Man. to call yeah. So, <laughs> and where are you practicing at? You know, I'm always like, oh, Lord, it's, it's just so much. But this country is so interesting how whiteness has ruined everything. Whiteness have ruined, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, it really has. Mm.
1: I mean, you see it, like I said, you see it everywhere. Mm. Um, but I'm glad that it's. it's I hope it's tr- trying to change because, if not, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah,
0: it's true. I've also noticed that this has been a time where, you know, if, if you've been on Twitter or any social media, a lot of, there's also been a lot of call to action to publishers, uh, book agencies, Hollywood, all about how their practices have been when it comes to hiring black folks. Um, uh-huh. it's been a very eye-opening reality check. Um, I know, I mean, we've always known Hollywood has been trash towards us, but, um, what has been really capturing my attention is those of y'all know I I'm trying to get an agent for, um, my graphic novel or just an agent and all, and, 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 just for me to get any book or anything out there. Um, recently, uh, it's been put out there and my former editor Steens has been pushing this out there too. Um, about one, how we, have been paid when it comes to getting our books out, but, looking at how white writers have been getting paid. And I think one of the things that, and there was a hashtag for it, where it's like, publishers pay me. And that was that where it was about how much people were getting paid. What was fascinating to me was to see like a white YA fantasy writer, and YA is like young adult. Um, For their first book, they were getting like, um, you know, 150 you know one like one hundred fifty thousand dollars for their first book 250 after that a million dollars for three books when some of the black oh my people, god and i was like i mean i i kind of knew that because i've been looking that up you know like because i'll be like oh okay if i can get a book out there Um uh, mm-hmm. that'd be that'd be nice you know i can do some traveling with that um but you know buy a car right off the lot <laughs> you know just stuff like that right right uh that's how I look at it. I'm looking at, ooh, I can do this. Or or, do what Saeed Jones did was, I think with his book deal, he he did get like, a it's, it's public. I think he had like 300000 or something like that. He didn't stay in New York. He moved to Cleveland because you can live off that for a good minute. You know what I mean? You can buy a nice house in places like Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio. Nice house. Live off that for a while versus here. <laughs> but... um yeah. but um to see that was interesting but to see what black writers were getting black writers were getting like i got eight thousand dollars for my first book i'm like okay eight thousand dollars negotiated up to ten thousand i'm like okay so y'all not even you didn't start at fifty thousand you started in the single digits like you started with the four digits (laughs) And, this, and then, it, then somebody said they took, after their 20th book, they got up to like $45,000. i am like, oh my God, my 20th book? Um, then they broke it down from comics, how, you know, people were paid per page. And granted, you know, I didn't know Marvel. Marvel pays like maybe 300 or $400 a page. So if you are writing a comic, comic is 24 pages. Um, you get paid 250 300 a page. That's, you know, that's pretty good money for each comic that you're writing. Right, So if you are writing like 50 comics, you're getting a lot of money. So these folks are getting paid. (laughs) But that's if you're at that level. Now some places you you might get like 190 a page, but still if you are like writing a series, like if I sold a series of just six six books, six or eight books that I wrote, so I I will get a decent amount of money for that in the graphic novel. The artist will get uh, maybe, they get paid like a 190 or something like that too. But they looked at again how many of you know artists were black, how many artists were white, how many of the writers are white, how many artists are black. What was also eye-opening is how many of the agents, so the, the literary agents, how many of them are of color? There are very few. There are very few black literary agents of color. So when we're out there pitching and everything, we are basically trying to convince a lot, of the, a lot of these white um, agents to see our work, and understand our work. And then you have to worry about editors who may get in there and try to change your slang. If you have a character who is black or of color, especially if you're white, cause you know, everybody, the young folks are using all these new sayings and things. And so you have to deal with that. Um, and that was also disheartening to see that as well, but to see that, you know, our struggles are, as you would say, it's everywhere. These struggles are in everything we're trying to do, trying to get, you know, to be successful. And everybody knows that Black stuff is successful. Everybody knows that if you give us a good Black story about horror or witchcraft or superheroes, it is going to do well. Right. It's going to do well. So you would think that these folks would be like, "Bitch, I'm trying to build up my repertoire, having the best of the black writers and creators on my list," you know. So it's really scary to see how much work we have to do to get heard or seen. But at the same time, it's also it's also encouraging right now because it's like, "Well, damn, they they trying to fill up their their um, rolodexes. Let's take advantage of this to the full amount. Let's do what we mm-hmm. got to do." This is the time now for us to pitch because they feel like, well, damn, we gotta make sure we get this together. Ride this out. But I will say to y'all, if you're gonna do that, make sure that you can deliver too. They're not gonna just open the door completely for us. So make sure y'all deliver. It's been nice to look at a lot of different people who got books coming out, or their concepts, or their scripts, all those. It's been great to see that. I'm glad that we now have a, 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 a great list of uh, basically from the Drawing wild Black. Um, um, hashtag, there is a great uh, doc of all of these people that, hell, if you ever want to just get them just to do a logo for megachine or whatever you want to do, we have a list to pull from. And we have, yep. good, well, there's no more excuses. We have that list. Um, and this is a time for us to really utilize that to the best of our abilities. You know, so I am, I'm excited for all this. I'm very happy that we're seeing it. But it's just still so much work we got to do. And it's sad. Again, y'all take a look at the hashtag. Look at the writer. I mean, the publishers pay me or just look at that. Look at that and look at what many black authors have to deal with. And these are the ones who are not adjacent to white. Because if you look closely at the ones who are getting paid a lot, some of them are very cl- have a very good, you know, relationship with white folks. Uh, no shade, but a lot of them do. And that's how they've been able to get that. Because I'll be honest, I think sometimes that the way white folks will try to be woke, they may push some of us who may not des- deserve that light, you know, in some ways. But they got there because of who they don't. Um, And so we have to be mindful of that. That happens too, but it's also, but at the same time, it happens that, you know, sometimes they do need to get these people in their Rolodexes. And so they're, they're trying, they're scrambling right now. But I do do think that this is a good thing that's happening, but I do want people to be aware of, yeah, they're scrambling. So be mindful that because they're scrambling, they may still give you a shit deal. um, But you might want to be smart about what, uh, you might be smart on what you want to do when it comes to those opportunities.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I was looking through that, um, that thread or the, the hashtag of the, what was it, the, the publishing mm-hmm. like me or whatever that the hashtag was and it was just like, my God, how many Black people have to scrape and Survive just to get a third of what some of these white folks are getting yeah. off the top from like one book. It's crazy. It's just insane.
0: But the driving force, you know, the driving force is the fact that like I was, I somebody wrote me and told me that they, they've been so discouraged about you know doing anything because of you know they've submitted things and. I have been told no so many times, and I was like, "No, your story has to be out there." And I said it to all Black creators: Your story is supposed to be out there. You have to make sure it gets out there. That was something I was saying to myself. I was like, "I want my story out there. I will put. I I paid for it myself to get it done, and put it as a webcomic. I wanted it out there, and I believe that you know, if you have the means, do so. Or do what Steph I will did. Put that stuff, you know, hire some people, did a little bit here and there, put that out there, and uh, Kickstarter got w- way over what she asked for to get that album. Uh-huh. You know, you have to do that, but you, it will take some time. You have to build that fanfare. But do it. Find a way to do it. Yes, it's going to cost money. I can tell you it costs money. It costs, and I was lucky because I was getting the cheap in. It was $70 a page. You can't get that these days, um, and then thirty dollars to color. So you know that's like a hundred dollars a page basically. But nowadays you have to pay like a hundred and ninety or more for a page. So I do understand that it costs yeah. a lot, but you do need to like think about getting your story out there. If you are a writer, like writing novels, there are outlets now. I can't think of it, but I there's one outlet where you can just basically put your book out there, and people have been very lucky where they. they People put their book on this um, app. People are reading it. Uh, once I find out, I'll tweet it. Uh, and they will read it, and then you end up getting deals from that. Sometimes stuff like um, Goodreads helps you out too. Um, so use some of those apps that you can just go ahead and publish a book. You can do ebooks. Amazon supports that. Get that out there. You may get a deal. Your work deserves to be out there, y'all. So try to get it out there. Somebody's going to read it, somebody's going to be looking forward to it. Use social media to your um, greatest venture that you can but yeah
1: please- right and i don't i wouldn't believe some of these agents like didn't i was reading to that again that that hashtag and a lot of people were saying like oh they was telling me that the young authors genre is dead and i wouldn't make any money and then you see these white people getting all this kind of money from it and i'm like okay so which is it you know you just got to it's an audience for your stuff,
0: mm-hmm. honestly. It really is. And when you think they're not, there, there is. That was something I, for, I'm using myself because you know I, I can speak from experience. It, it's when you think nobody's paying attention, they are. And it's been, you realize that, that it's true. You have an audience and people are looking for it. Um, I think of the letters and things I've gotten from people or people who start following me because of what I've done that, that alone tells me that it's, that more needs to be out there. So if you have that black hero story, black curious story, a lot of y'all who are artists like Jermaine and all of them who are doing these great works and everything else, please continue to do all of that because that should not go unsighted. It should not. I mean, Lord, those hashtags spend this weekend. I mean, you know, for those of us who can do that, spend the weekend looking at that, looking at the responses, looking at all, look at all the art, look at go to drawing, um, while black, look at all of those artists. Um, book, you know, bookmark them all, do what you need to find the one. I've already bookmarked ones. I want to work with already. I'm going through this list again. Um, just so I can, pinpoint who I want to work with and all that good stuff when I, you know, have all the means to do so. If I ever have the power to do so, I want to make sure that list is like, well, this is the list we're going to start with and then we'll go somewhere else after. That. <laughs> like, let's just do that. If I already have to, like, this is where we start. And then if we need to go, I mean, there's great people out there that you can go to, you know, uh, um, like Nick Roblet or all of them who are very great artists and what have you go to them, too. Um, Phil, Menez, go for them, too. But I want to make sure that we are getting um, our Black artists and creators, you know, heard and seen and hired (laughs) first.
1: Right. Know your worth and add 10%. Yes,
0: 20%, because... This is really about knowing our worth. When you when it comes down to it, it's coming down to knowing your worth. That's something that I think we all have to say to ourselves. Um, you know, when you think those who are writing books know your worth and don't let that discourage you, because remember, Twenty Shades of Grey should be your biggest motivator. That 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 was some damn fan fiction online somewhere on some F-score, uh website based off Twilight. And that helped to turn around and got millions of dollars. Movies made from a poorly written story online. That always would crack me up. That started out as some damn Tumblr myth. It wasn't on Tumblr, but that basically started as something that was like on a Tumblr. And had three ass movies, bestseller. It's a horrible book, y'all. I'm not gonna lie. But it, <laughs> um, it is, because I read it. I, I, I'm gonna confess. I read it because I was like, I wanna see. I want to see. And I was like, y'all, okay. This is a Hollywood novel that in the first draft. But <laughs> it, that right there should be some motivators. like. This I forgot her name, but that woman is rich because of stuff like that. JK Rowling, mm-hmm. who is ruining her damn name for being a turf.
1: I mean, I at this point, I don't know why y'all be surprised. The woman ain't been right since whatever.
0: Yeah, I was, I was I was seeing her crack show when first of all. lack of characters of color in those books but also when um she did that potter world and the way she described where she was given a backstory to all religions or whatever how she kind of kind of shit on native americans i was like okay that's not how we
1: yeah that's not what we do here
0: it's not what we do here (laughs) that's not how we do it and so you know it's it's fascinating about you know i I still again y'all just Keep at it, because it's going to be seen. It's going to be noted, Um, and I I can't stress enough that people are hungry for it. Again, look how us did. Look how Get Out did. They didn't. These movies were almost. Get Out won a damn Oscar. (laughs) When the last time a horror movie did anything like that close? Was and it wasn't even a horror movie, it was a thriller. It was uh, Signs of the Lambs. Uh, the mm-hmm. ex got noted for stuff. Carrie, um, I think of Sissy Sasik was nominated for a damn Oscar, so that's the last time that you know horror and scary stuff was really like noted. And, the, and recently, it's because of a black man, it's the reason why that happened. The script, the script. Um, I think that's the same year that um, the Green Book was. <laughs> was that the same year? Oh, girl. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying again, y'all, we have so much power and we have a lot that we really need to just get at. So please just keep it up.
1: Yeah. Just be, be safe. Be safe. Please be safe. Yeah. As these officers, No matter where you are, they really do not give a fuck about you. Yeah. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, it's just a bit of bad apples. That video from Buffalo is all you need to see. True. That it's not just bad apples.
0: It really ain't. It really ain't. So, wow. I feel like we kind of hit on everything today Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's good that's good because i think we just needed to talk all that stuff out sometimes and you know make sure everybody remembers that you are worth everything you deserve to be and you should make sure that everybody else knows that and you should be arrogant about it too you should be (laughs) because the white ones don't have no problem telling y'all that they the best we should be able to do it too
1: Mm
0: -hmm. all right well i guess that's it today
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Like always you can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We do have a new uh Twitter handle for the podcast. It's MegaSheen One. You can like us at MegaShine Pod at Facebook and Instagram. Um we do have our new website. Up and running. It is the um, website It's called Pod of the You can listen to episodes over there. Uh, soon we'll have some articles written that you can read and whatnot. Uh, so, finally, we got a new website <laughs> after <laughs> after month a month. Um, anything else before we get, bed, get up out of here?
0: No, y'all just keep, keep hope alive. Register to vote. Because um, we got to get, even though Biden may not be your person, I'd rather have him than what we got right now. So do that. Drink water. You know, get your edibles together.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know how I feel about an edible. I love them.
0: That's the, personally, I mean, it's funny, because in my complex, there's somebody who's always smoking weed. And it's funny now, because it's like, you could tell they're old, because it was like, nobody smokes weed anymore. (laughs) Everybody's doing edibles. Maybe in California, everybody's doing edibles, because you don't have to smell it on anybody anymore, and whatever, but it seems like everybody's going the edible route. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, get your edibles together.
1: Mhm. And on that note we'll see you on next time.
0: All right.